Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm your other co-host, Kevin Spenced. And I'm Susan Studell, poet in Vancouver. Our guest today. Awesome. So we would like to uh, hear a little bit of poetry to start us off, Susan, and then we can see where that takes us. I brought a book with me, my first publication. It was um, it's called New Theatre, and it was published with Coach House Books in the spring of 2012. And Coach House is a lovely press out of Toronto. And I'm going to start just with the title poem, three uh, poems that, uh, that, that, that the book is titled after. And uh, I'll, I'll begin with New Theatre. And just to help you, um, this poem sort of explores a little bit of action in the, um, in the uh, Penguin Concise Thesaurus. Um, it picks up the poem picks up um, examples for use offered by the editors of the thesaurus, um, and as we go along, as the poem goes along, a little bit of a narrative begins to unfold um, about how the in, how the words are intended to be used according to the editors, and it's interesting to me anyway what showed up. So I'll just read through a little bit. New theater. A new theater opened last night, the theme of the program, theoretical mathematics. He offered therapy for her ailment, by the door or thereabouts. The university published her thesis, thick walls, the paint had thickened, the thickness of the paper, a thin strip. What is that thing? I think things will improve soon. Thought, thought to quench his thirst, he was thirsty after the journey pricked herself on a thorn, the plant's thorny stem. He is very thorough in his work. The thoroughfare was blocked by an accident. Searched the room thoroughly. He was happy, though he lost. She kept her thoughts to herself. Cotton threads, a threadbare jacket. She shall not cross the threshold of my home. It gives me a thrill to be here. Pink the canvas. Physical sensations, take your pick, pick off the sentries one by one, pick off the buds, pick out a dress, pickets prevented lorries entering the plant, picket the goat to a stake, a picturesque scene, pigs on the farm, a pile of rubbish, I have a pile of work to do, piles for the bridge were driven into the ground, a plinth supported by pillars, she pinched his leg, Pine for some excitement, pinion the prisoner to the floor. Pink the canvas, a pious priest. The piquancy of this dish, he was piqued by her remarks. Hmm. Fascinating. Really interesting stuff. And so we hear different words as they're used in different contexts with different meanings throughout 
That's right. Yes, there are examples offered um, for use um, by the editors of this thesaurus. And the interesting thing is that a little bit of a subtext starts to emerge. I hear a little bit of kind of um, the patriarchy at work, just oh. a little bit here behind the scenes. And I left out a middle poem, but um, it's a, you know we can go go and read this at some point in the future. But um, I do hear like a little bit of a subtext that's um, suggested in the thesaurus and suggested th with the suggested use of the words. And it's fascinating because this thesaurus was published in 2002. Mm. So it's very recent. And right. so the sort of narrative is underlying, right. you know, how we're asked to use the words and we're showing these examples in right. academia and those are all examples that they've used so it shows the shape of what they have learned and think is normal right like think is like the most obvious way to use those words that's correct kevin i'm, I'm, I'm just wondering and the therapist was a man at the beginning right in the first three yeah. lines we get a therapist and yeah, yeah. It's, it's a man right right let's see uh, he offered therapy yeah. for her ailment. Yeah, yeah right. That's there you go. So classic. Like mm -hmm. I, at first, I was I thought, oh Freud, mm -hmm. oh er, the early twentieth century. Mm -hmm. But as mm -hmm. you say, this is mm -hmm. relatively contemporary to us. Right, the early twenty first century. <laughs> the whole leap, a hundred hundred years. So, oh. yeah. So it's a found poem. It's a found poem, and it it um, there was a method I went through and set the constraint early and. Uh, went through and picked, uh, selected across the definitions in the thesaurus and um, came up with this little narrative. So, yeah, I'm really interested in what poetry can show us. Um, yeah, just, um, you know, depending on the approach. I love that central insight that example sentences mm -hmm. do bring so so much baggage or do mm -hmm. provide so much. Uh, so they have so many presuppositions. Mm -hmm. And I, as a day job, I teach English as a second language, and so I'm just providing example sentence after example mm -hmm. sentence. Uh -huh. And generally speaking, you draw from the students' lives in that immediate mm -hmm. classroom. Fantastic. But once it becomes something that's mm -hmm. set in a book, mm -hmm. then you know it's more generalized. Right. And then you see these um, assumptions that people have. Yes. I mean, they're barely hidden. I mean, it's barely hidden. It's right there, in fact. It's very plain. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, almost takes um it just i had to really slow down and start looking at this the thesaurus i noticed the thesaurus after having used it to create poetry in the past mm -hmm. and then i started to inspect it more carefully i i could really feel some of the messages i was getting from the examples and then mm -hmm. just decided to look a little more closely well and it's also representation right it's like i think of the books the picture books you know, the C. Jane Run sort of books that we used that I used to learn how to read in the 60s. Yeah. And they were already outdated, mm -hmm. right? The moms in the books bringing out the lemonade and the, and the cookies didn't mm -hmm. look the same already as the moms in the 60s. And I, I'm, I'm thinking about this story that I heard at The Flame um, recently. Mm -hmm. And he was telling, it was a, a African-American guy who was talking about group being in the 60s in, in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And he said in three years from the time he went from 13 to 16, his hair went from so short, you couldn't almost not see it, to like having a huge afro. And the women went from like, the, even the young women, the teenage women, wearing girdles and foundational garments to like shifts with really not 
much underneath, right? Like just in three years. Mm -hmm. So that representation as well, you know, like the what was used to teach us words and how those words were put into sentences shifted really quickly between like 1960 and 1980. Wow, what a time. Yeah. 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 Speeding up. That's what made me it made me think of yeah. though. You know, these these sentences are a lot more complex. I mean, I wouldn't I don't think you get taught pink as a verb when you're learning to read. <laughs> <laughs> True. And the title of of the book came from that piece, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, it just sort of uh presented itself as a title. I like the title. It talked about um the performativity of language maybe a little bit. There was a bit of um performance aspect uh well to the title um did seem like a good title at the time the new theater could yeah. you tell us a little bit more about performativity uh, just I, for people who maybe aren't are unfamiliar with the term yeah okay well i don't know much really in um i don't know much about the term either except to tell you that um there is an action tendency in words um, and that when you put one word beside another word, um, a narrative can start to form, whether you uh, anticipate it will or not, whether you think you know the direction it's going, um, it, it, uh, something will happen. And that's what I'm, I'm really interested in exploring in the poetry. It's not often that um, I'll use language to try to express an idea necessarily or convey information. I'm more interested in process when uh, making a poem um, and I'm interested in the action uh, going on between the words, what happens when you bring one word mm, next to the other yeah. and what happens. And um, my next project is sort of based on, on this idea, um, I suppose, uh, continued to be interested in process um, and I have begun another project called Anaglypta and uh, I brought a little bit of that with me today Do you want to read something from that now? or uh, like, what Whatever think? order you want to do it in um, And So are you mentioning three different projects or are you mentioning one and then the one that you're on now? Or? I, I Well I brought New Theater which I just read mm -hmm. and I've brought also Anaglypto Work in Progress mm -hmm. which I'd uh, love to share a little bit. Yes, please do. Uh, here with you. Please okay. do. Um, what we can, can always you? go back to New Theater. We don't okay. have to be chronological. That's fantastic. I like that. <laughs> I could see there was a little bit of uncertainty. If I go forward to this, can I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quite loose and fancy for you. I, really, I like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think that that sort of method is... Um, in an interview sort of mirrors um, the way I make a piece as well. So it's perfect. I go a little bit forward and about eight steps back and then a step forward again. So um, Anaglypta is, um, is a poem that I composed with using a word bank um, that I created at home. It's, uh, what can I tell you about this? I created this poem word by word. Um, uh, I used scissors and I used glue. It was a slow, slow process. And uh, it, the poem continues um, sort of phrase by phrase, and it's a book-length work. But um, I can read a little bit. Anaglypta. To create anaglypta, think on your plan. Select an outline to work with. Work back to front to make use of the void and begin your presencing. Inscribe your idea. 
Apply your thought. Recall only some of what you do not want. Visualize the present. This book has a fault. A split garret, no bath. <laughs> Hills and static, humidity level, aluminum buffalo, air-conditioned cultural space. This bedroom, the bed not necessary, but maps I can't resist. The map, a sharp breath. This room, the main bedroom, the bedroom also. Corridor, hall, outside, transmogrified to suit one of those people. Neoplastic surfaces compose the modern edge, as in pet clothes, horrifying balloons. <laughs> Ink on paper, zest edge, crystal-encrusted virtual ode. Consider the quiet purpose, the velvet works of the developer. Micro-parades, the dappled oil containers, stainless and inexact. Truck-trailer shake, the state, the clerk dedicated to you. Tar sand hometown, oil ephemeroptera. Pipe snag, tech pew, blue jack, trigger fail, boreal able. The Shell Oil Co., a herculaneum of orange-red pottery and massive steel hoops. Then, the equivalent in oil, moir blackness. The good side, she explains. A white horse, purple verburnum, kale plants, remote topography, the monk wrote. Lift up the leaves, vibrate handle, atop, walk in, around, collide, now step in and out. Don't stall the materials, the ones that make words walk. Explain meaning, the point, the movement structure, but let it move. Anaglypta, manufactured wall covering, a highly patterned embossed surface, paintable wallpaper, a synthetic overlay manufactured of cotton, cotton and paper or of linen, a figure of low and high relief, chemical shorthand, arid style, upholster adjective, pattern oasis, strong slang, batch gesture, subject death, fed design, soaked phrase, paper cut, old school fur habit, oat press, justice braid, Wilkie cube, psychic cartoon, gimp text, civil paper, gender hotspot, Barefoot video, patent bender, desert daybed, psychic wicker, paint innuendo, graphic relay, crystal conditions, Lacan surface, strict mink, vermin, memory shape, Marxist melt, palazzo notion, word object, cutting detail, part of what you do not want, sloughs off. Anaglypse, spatial verse, a figure sculpted from positive and negative space both internal and organic, also external and formal, arrangement of signs and grammatical parallels, phrasal units, both prose and verse, not to be confused with free verse. I can go on. 
Is that part of the poem, or are you telling it's not. Tiki Koa? <laughs> we have a couple of more. <laughs> we have a couple of more um, definitions to add to the cumulative meaning of anaglypta. Right. And um, yeah, I think maybe I could just stop there for a little okay. bit and see what happens. I'm going to say that we are listening to Susan Studell, to, Studell today, who is our guest on Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. And you were reading from a work that it doesn't look like it's in progress anymore. I mean, I love the sound of the manuscript. Okay. It was very nice radio. Fantastic. <laughs> I love the sound of paper. Holy yeah, it was holders. great. I mean, you were trying to be very quiet with it, but I, I was like, no, that's good. It's like it's like theater, uh, poetry theater. It's uh, performative, right? Sure. Um, yeah. So in a different way of performative. That was wonderful. That was wild. I love the way it yeah. built from the careful word after word to this deluge at the end of language it really opened up um, and you said at the beginning that mm. it you drew words from a bank that you'd created which sounds very um, localized here sure. to Vancouver because there were lots of well there's real estate reference there's oil and mm. then there was a lot of maybe Kootenai school of writing type poetics or kind of this kind of poetry very much aware of itself as poetry, at least as far as I, I understood it. Uh, okay, there are a couple points. Um, I'm very, very interested in language and what language is doing, and um, I think I've been asked before if what what this is, what I'm producing here, what's being produced is is language poetry, or language poetics, and um, although I'm very interested in language, I don't know if I'm a language poet. Um, I often hear people say, this poetry sounds l like a lyric poetry to me. And I suppose um, there is, a, I have to say, I think I feel sometimes mostly like a lyric poet, that this is mm. lyric poetry, that um, that I'm, that there are leaps being made and um, I'm making associations. And uh, um, I feel uh, there's a little bit of music in there too, or I hear a little bit of music when I'm when I'm reading sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, that's there may be a little bit of both going on. So a little, I definitely am familiar with Kootenai School, Kootenai School poets, and uh, and then um, there's a whole lot of other stuff I'm familiar with too that I really, really let in, and it gives me a lot of um, light and ability to question and. Uh, keeps me very loose it's hard to feel it I don't ever feel really locked down and you know I'd be hard-pressed to even identify my own poetry um, in any particular vein um, the other thing is localized um, experience in words um, I did take a trip in 2014 um, to Fort McMurray the tar sands and you may have heard a little mm -hmm. bit of this oil mm -hmm. concern going on um, and I took a trip up there with a couple of friends um, in the early summer to uh, explore the tar sands and participate in a healing walk um, hosted by the three First Nations there. And uh, we had an opportunity to really sort of sink in and feel what it's like to be um, in, in a zone that's full of that kind of production. And I and, uh, got a sense of really how toxic the activity is and these poems were written before I went up um, they were a little bit anticipatory I think there's one little piece there that says um, 
uh, oil ephemeroptera, and mm-hmm. ephemeroptera is a kind of damselfly. And as soon as um, we got out of the vehicle, we drove there to get to Fort McMurray. As soon as we got out of the vehicle, all these damselflies just descended. These beautiful. Um, wow, and they only last like mm. about thirteen hours, right? I don't know. Is mm. that? I, I, I think so. It, they have like a one-day lifespan. Wow. So beautiful. They were. Unless they were, I'm getting them mixed up with another insect, but I'm pretty sure that that's. That sounds right. I looked into it a little bit, and I don't know where the word came from, Ephemeroptera, when composing the poem, but arriving there and having them all sort of descend and float up and down around the wow. car and as we set up our tent. It was pretty magical. Yeah. Um, their wings are kind of shiny, oily. Shiny. Reflecting and, the yeah bit of the rainbow, right? Sure. Like an oil slick or a... That's what, I'm, that's what I'm visualizing anyway. Yeah. There was a whole bunch of phrases, and when you were talking about that you <laughs> think of it as lyric poetry, is it, it's almost like the phrases are the lyricism, right? And then they kind of go from one, like uh, the, some of the ones that I remember, like aluminum buffalo, yes. uh, air-conditioned culture, or culture air-conditioned or, or yeah. environment. And, <laughs> and then there was um, ones near the end, too, that just the, the way you had put like two or three words together just brought me to a place or a thing or a, a taste or a, a, a sight, you know, from from those phrases. So I don't know if that's what you mean by the lyric, because then it becomes like you're filling in the spaces that aren't filled in with with um, sentence type structures, right? But right, yeah, yeah. yeah I'd have to agree and say yes that's my understanding of a lyric poem <laughs> definitely leaps and uh, steps great steps and associations i want to say leaps but that sounds a little precarious but uh, in fact actually leaps is perfect some that's, little skips. <laughs> skips that's right i've taken to skipping lately yeah i'll be walking along and i'll think oh I'll just skip a few steps because we don't do that much when we're adults, particularly if we don't have kids in our lives. You know, it's exhausting if you did it for a whole. I know. It's really good exercise, (laughs) but you feel really good when you do it. It's kind of impossible to not smile when you're skipping. It's like the, it's like putting your arms up in victory and you can't help but feel elated and and happy. That's a little bit of a tangent, but, uh, so you are, is this, (laughs) I like the tangent. (laughs) I love that. It's a lyric leap. Yeah. <laughs> Skip, Great. hop, and a jump. Um, did you, uh, are you, This is this coming out, this book? Uh, it's being, I'm editing it right now. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you know, it's it's quite, I have to shred, I have to shed a little bit because it's. Don't shred it. Uh, <laughs> did I say after, shred? I meant after shed. All that, after, <laughs> after all that uh, cutting and pasting, yeah, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. But there's nothing permanent. No. So, oh. and, and may I ask, how did you build your bank of words? Yeah. I want to know that too. Okay. Select those words. The, the bank of words uh, came from materials at hand. Uh, the rest of the, the book is very concerned with family um, and housing, um, safety, and connection. And um, I took the words from materials in and around my home. And there is a bit of a poke at, or a bit of a, I wanted to find out about um, real estate as well. What what the heck is going on? What's driving this market? Why, why are things so expensive? Why does it cost so much to feel secure? So, you know, I was looking at um, 
sort of a commercialized representation of living. I looked at home decorating magazines and drew a lot of information from there. And that's where this beautiful and mysterious word anaglypta came from. Ah. And in fact, it's all it's it's a non-word. It sort of means non-language or non mm. non-wording or non-cuts. But it is not a word, um, a natural word. It's a commercial word. It's a it's an owned word and a created word by oh, a company. Does it so have a trademark? It's a, it's a trade name. Wow. So I don't know. What does it mean? How am I going to get around this one? <laughs> Fancy way of saying nothingness or silence or yeah. no meaning, no words, yeah. emptiness, whatever you pour into it. I, yeah. I think of glyph like yeah. as in a, yeah, a mark. Mm -hmm. So no marking on something. Is yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, I do have an a definition of glypt here that I'd love to read for you. Absolutely. And and if you want to, you have, we have probably have time for another poem. And yeah, then we're going to be almost out of time. This is wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, by the way. Oh, I love it. It's, it took some doing. It did. Ooh. Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> it was a lot some of emails. Leaps, but leaps. Some anaglypta uh, <laughs> communication. <laughs> Okay, so I'll pick up on Kevin's point with glipped. Glipped, as a noun. A cut into glass, crystal, or stone. A cut into lino. A lash, a whip. A mark on a rock as relates to a tool. Engraving produced by means of this process. A mark made by precision instrument. A freehand or mechanized cut. Greenwich and Lewisham, Young People's Theatre. A composite of cuts. Verb. To expose, to make visible, to bring to the fore, to outline, to deliver, to attempt to make permanent, to watch fade. Example, my father was like a drafts person. He loved sharp letters. Mm. Oh. And maybe I could, I could end. Can you say that line again? My father was a like a what person? He was like a drafts person. A drafts person. He loved sharp. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you know yeah. he's still alive, and I can't really should. This is a good edit for me because I'll have to put that in present tense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'd like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I think it was my memory. It's my memory of him from when he was younger. That's right. Okay. Maybe um, he likes softer things now. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, like no conflict. This is what he likes now. Very soft. <laughs> Things very easy. I love him very much. Um, yeah, I perhaps that's it. That could be the end of Anaglypta for now. Do you want to go back and read another one from um, New Theater? And sure. this book is, I and mean, when you put it down on mm -hmm. the table, I'm, we could hear the weight of it. Uh, okay. <laughs> two thousand. No, that's yeah. good. I mean, again, it's like theater. Yeah. The, so two two thousand and twelve. This came out. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. does it, is it, was it just collected poems over a certain time or was there a theme? I haven't read it, mm -hmm. I confess. So, yeah. The, the, well, the, the book is um, sort of an, it has, it's sort of an exploration of power and it looks at, um, actually, it focuses a little bit of biography on uh, Lenin. And um, I think at that time when I was writing the poems, I was just looking at extremes and what that meant and difference. And, um, I started to look at this character who got very wrapped up and interested in, in power and and what happened. And um, I mean, I'm not a novelist, but I'm interested in characterization. I'm interested what happens to people and why um, 
you know, how, how does change come about? And this is just an example of a very rigid person, uh, unfortunately, who did a lot of, um, did a lot of uh, damage, I think, um, in his life. Although I think he began wanting change, wanting uh, fairness mm-hmm. and equality, mm-hmm. but it just, the approach is just so heavy handed and so rigid mm-hmm. and horrific, really. But um, so I want to, um, I'll just read one poem, I guess, from this, this book about that particular topic. Not an easy thing for Ilyich. Be the extraordinary number of pens and pencils. Be the noon traveler by auto sleigh. Be mucilage and rubber stoppers. Be the ornamental inkstand and potted palm. Be the ape sitting on a staff of books. Be the orderly transmission of commands. Be Petrograd. Be ever-present. Be pseudonym. Be top-heavy with descriptive adjectives. Be ice-cold. Be the conference table and green bathes cloth. Be global. Cautious. Be remote pastoral villages. Be the conspirator at the hilt of flux. Lenin and Luxembourg poles apart. Be the electrification of Vladivostok. Be midnight and moon tucked in the jaws. Be belief. Be the half-Scottish daughter. Be half-French. Be the picture of a medieval master. Be distressed by comparisons. Be clad in capes. Be hardline. Be back in the harness of the Kremlin. Be strangeness. Be the recording authority. Be difficult to separate the peasant from Lenin. Be Gorky. Be bitter. Be flower. Be pine. Be the change. Thank you so much, Susan Studell, being our guest today. Um, I really, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, thank you. That's all our time. So I'm Pam Bentley. I'm Kevin Spenced. And no apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?